0: Welcome to episode 13 of the Dads Unplugged podcast. I am your co-host, Nelson Osorio. Excited to have uh, Daniel Harold here as our guest. I'm here with my co-host, Sean Pace. Hello, everyone. Hello, Nelson. How are you? Hi. Good um, to see you again. Pretty good, here. pretty good to uh, see
1: Yeah, excited to have Daniel on the show today. He is a father of three wonderful and beautiful ladies that I see on Instagram. He is also a commercial real estate uh, broker, as well as one of the founders, and amazing gentleman of the Divorced Over 40 group who daily helps those of us that have been in that situation um, be able to pass through and gain friends. Welcome today, Daniel, on to the show,
2: Sean, thanks for having me on. I'm so hard. I got to focus on the camera. I always tend to look down. So Nelson and Sean, I'm glad to be here.
1: Well, we're excited to have you. Daniel, if you wouldn't mind just a brief few moments, uh, would you tell anyone listening about your path as a dad and and how things are going right now?
2: Yeah, you know, I, uh, my girls are, I'm almost an empty nester. So, you know, in the next month, my last one is going to graduate and I'll be free, not financially, but but at least from a time commitment standpoint. But, you know, I was, uh, being in Tulsa, Oklahoma, the culture here is very much, You know, get married right out of the right out of college. If you have if you're in a relationship, have kids start a family immediately. And so I kind of followed that path. I I dated uh, what was my wife to be all throughout college and uh, got married at like 24. The summer after I graduated from from college, we had our first child at 25 and I had three before the age of 30. And we almost tried for that fourth to try to get the boy, but I was like, no, (laughs) I've got three weddings I got to deal with. I can't afford another wedding. So, um, you know, I, and I grew up with two brothers and, um, my dad was not present all the time because he was kind of a workaholic. Um, and so I was, uh, you know, my experience was very masculine energy amongst two guys. And here I am raising three girls. I have, had no experience at all, obviously, and I'm young. And so, um, you know, I kind of made it a point to always kind of be there. I was the dad that coached the the sports and was at every event. And, you know, they did dance and they did cheerleading and they did soccer and, and, um, you know, had a really good relationship. I never was, I don't think I ever was a daddy's girl growing up, Uh, they tend to always kind of favor their mom, I think, Um, but, I had a great relationship with him and what's cool about it, you know, a lot of people as, as a dad or a mom, you might have the comment that says, oh my gosh, time is flying by so quickly. You know, I wish that my kids would grow up as fast as they are. And I never was a big, I never agreed with that because I feel like every age that they've grown up, it's been, it's getting even better. And now I'm at the age where, you know, they're starting to really develop maturity. I've got three in college this fall. Wow. Um, my youngest is 18. I've got one that's 18 months older at 19 and then I've got a 22 year old wow. and they're all so different, so differently unique. And um, so it's kind of kept me on my toes to try to figure out how, you know, what their love languages are and how I need to cater to each one of them. But um, I've got a really, really good relationship with all three, and it's I mean, they've just been a blessing in my life.
0: Daniel, can I ask, since they're all in college, I mean it's it's April. We're going into May, so you're you're getting the time of year where parents are having this conversation about what are you gonna do with your life, what do you want to study? How did that, I guess three times did you have that conversation? You said they're all different. How much influence did you have in what they are deciding to study in college?
2: Not much. <laughs> You know, I always was a big believer, whether I explicitly or implicitly said to them is I want you to pursue your dreams, regardless of what you want to do. And if it's something that a lot of people might scratch their head and say, why are you going to do that? I'm okay with that, Um, probably because when I grew up, my parents were like, you're good with numbers. You need to be an accountant. And so I didn't even really think about what my career was going to be. I went to college and I majored in accounting. And then and then about three, four years outside of having an accounting job, I was like, what the hell am I doing? I hate this. Oh wow. And so um, at the same time, you know, how many kids at 18, 19, 20 really know what they want to do? Mm-hmm. You know, very low percentage. And so um, you know, my oldest kind of had she's the furthest ahead, and you know, I think she's now on her third major. So, you know, we tried <laughs> we've tried to guide her. Whereas I think the second and third have had a little bit clear, you know, the oldest one wanted to get into music,
0: okay,
2: uh, music business, and then didn't enjoy that. And then thought about nursing and now she's into more marketing. She's very artsy. And I think that, well, I, I don't think this is it. You're getting a degree in marketing or you're going <laughs> to pay for more school. But, but I think the middle child has always said that she wanted to be um, a nurse. And okay. so she's, in that path. And I think that um, she's I feel confident that she's going to stay that course. And then the youngest one is also in music, but she likes more of the audio. Uh, She wants to be a producer, she wants to live in LA. And I'm like, hey, look, and she's more passionate and more focused and about her career than at 18 than the other two. And so I'm like, Let's do it. I'm here to support you. So oh, wow. didn't get much short answer is I didn't get much sway, but I really tried to hone in on where they were passion, passionate about, their mom and I, and really tried to harness their energy there.
0: No, that's if if there was a right answer to that question, which there's somewhat is, there's somewhat is isn't, uh, that's just such a wonderful approach, giving them the opportunity to to grow within themselves. And and if you know, if they don't like the path they chose, they chose it as opposed to have it chosen for them not great answer yeah thank you yeah I was actually putting a
1: lot of uh, correlation into you and um, dwayne Johnson, minus the fame and sizable difference of the two you guys you both have all girls and are doing a great job as as dads and it's <clears throat> as you have experienced things during covid and and especially now starting your new your startup uh, the divorced over 40 how do you take into your lessons that you're learning yourself right now and pass them on to onto your daughters as they cross over into the new age of adulthood themselves
2: you know that's a great question i think i'd have two answers for it number one is um you know not a, a lot of times your kids won't take your advice you know you almost they almost have to hear from someone else and so you know one of the things that that i have had conversations with a couple of them when the, when the timing was right was take your time, you know, in terms of growing up, don't get married out of the gate, explore the world a little bit, live in a different city. And, you know, some embrace that. My oldest kind of embraced that. My middle child was like, you're not going to tell me what I'm going to do. You know, I already have my whole life planned ahead of me. (laughs) Um, and so, but you know, sometimes they take that advice. Sometimes, they don't. So I have to be delicate in how I impart that. Um, but I, th- you know, what's been interesting is through this Divorced Over 40 site, um, I'm very much in the public eye. I write a lot about how I feel, my experiences going through the divorce. And so they read it. Uh, they read about my perspective on taking your time, about being single, about um, shame, and loneliness and all of those emotions, you know, they're they're. And it's not very often that a dad is that vulnerable with their kids. And I kind of do that or express that through writing. And, you know, we've had conversations from the things that I write and that's been an incredible blessing from the startup is just the ability to kind of serve those up and let them come to me and want to talk about them. So that's, that's a pretty cool way to, Kind of connect with them and guide them as well.
0: Yeah, you know what's, I guess a, a question, and you don't have to answer if you're not comfortable. But it's it's about the divorce. At at what age were the girls when that happened, and did you see like a significant impact in kind of their personalities? Their just did anything change that you kind of saw that you'd like to share with with other dads or parents that might be going through something like this? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Um, you know, I was an, I'm an open book, so I've shared this before. Um, we were divorced two and a half years ago. So if you back up my daughter, I had one in college, my oldest who's kind of removed from the day to day being in the moment of the mm-hmm. stress and the turmoil of a divorce. Mm-hmm. And then I had two that were in high school and, um, you know, my divorce story is one that, you know, I kind of call ourselves, my ex and I, we had the unicorn divorce. I mean, it was, we were very amicable. We hired one attorney. It was about as smooth as any story I've heard, but that doesn't take away the pain that your kids are still going to go through. So Mm -hmm. whether you have a heated turmoil, high conflict divorce or whether you have something that's smooth sailing, it's still incredibly hard with your kids. They're still going to go through all the emotions that you would think they would. And even though as a dad, um, I remember going, having kind of a, one of my daughters had a breakdown when we were, I think this was right after we got divorced and her mom asked me to come over to kind of deal with it. So I did. And she was, you know, just real emotional. And, um, we started talking about the divorce and I said, you know, I'm not going to mention who it was, but I was like, we did the, we did all the things right. We tried to make this as smooth as possible. And she said, and it was like a wake up call. She goes, that still doesn't mean that it doesn't hurt dad. And it doesn't impact my life. And it was like, Whoa, wow. Yeah. And, um, it just made me realize that, um, you know, you're, I don't know. It just made me realize that I can't just assume the behaviors that I'm having are, are going to positively impact my kids. Um, Mm -hmm. and when I'm going through shit, uh, that they're not going through it as well. So it made me more keenly aware of their emotional state. They had a hard time, all three of them did, Right. Um, but they're out of it. You know, it's like the cloud lifted probably 12 months ago. So about 18 months after the divorce, it's like, and it was for all of us. It was like the cloud lifted on all the entire family. We could all tell it. We all started to have, you know, we're positive and had a positive outlook on life and, um, it's so much better now, but yes, it was tough for those the kids.
0: Yeah, that you know, I asked because, well, like Sean mentioned before we we started recording, I've been married for several years—seven, eight, seven, seven years. She's gonna give me crap about that. <laughs> uh, it, our anniversary was was last week, so I, I asked this question to try to remember it to get the right answer and so I, I clearly don't know what that experience is neither does my son and I'm, I'm sure for a lot of for a lot of parents that haven't gone through it it is hard to put yourself not that you're gonna put yourself in the shoes of someone who has but it's sometimes just hard to understand the gravity gravity of what takes place during that process even if it's if it's a nice mutual decision um so you sharing that i I think it's nice where people can empathize more with the kids also because they don't have much of a voice in this process of divorce and, and parenting. And I'm sure you guys did what's best for yourselves and for them, but they still don't have, it's not their place to say you guys shouldn't get divorced because clearly two adults are making the decision, but it's nice to hear that, that they did go through something. Cool part is, you know, she had a breakdown and you showed up, you showed up, right? Like, like a dad should, you were there for her, which I'm sure that's, that's a part of that healing process. So I appreciate you sharing that again. I I know it's tough questions to ask and and answer. So you
2: know, I think it's a good learning lesson. I mean, I think that we when we both went into the divorce, we both said we want to set the example of what two adults, how two adults can handle a bad situation. Mm -hmm. That that's what we had agreed on. We we don't we want to we don't want to ruffle the feathers as much as little as possible or create a ripple in the water as small as possible for our kids. And so we, yeah. we were both very aligned in terms of protecting our kids, which I think a lot of parents do, but then emotions get into it. Right. Mm. And even though you're well-intentioned starts to get nasty and it start and then it's hard not to, for that to bleed out and permeate all over your kids. And so I feel like we did a really good job throughout the process. Um, but that doesn't take the fact away that your kids are going to have, those emotions and and feel sad and lonely and, and go through all that, whether you're, it was good or bad.
1: Yeah. I think the kids, I mean, at least from my perspective, I feel that they still, they grieve as much and if not, sometimes more than what we grieve and how we process through it because regardless of how it ends or, or how the process goes, it's still an, an end to something that, um, i heard someone say one time it's it's harder than someone dying because you still at times will have as you process through it the the hopes and wants of what could have been right. and, wow. and 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 as i learned the grieving process is not no matter how much i plan a lot of things now and try to make things happen it's a it's not a linear process and the time frames are different for For everyone. So trying to recognize that it was hard for me to understand and to hold space, not only for myself, but for my for my kids to to just be there, regardless of how their reaction was. It wasn't necessarily over, you know, that me asking them to pick up their dishes. It was something else of their feeling that they at the time lacked the ability or the tools to to express that in a different way.
2: Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. One of the things I think we also did right was we, we could see that they were going through that pain as we, they all, I think at some point or another during that journey, saw a therapist, um, so that they could talk through those emotions. Um, and we weren't really a part of that. We let them do that because they were grown up pretty, uh, almost adults, let them have that opportunity with what ended up be what, which was a friend that was in that industry. And I think that was a really good outlet for them to to kind of get get it all out of their system, where it wasn't mom or dad.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah then not having someone that has a someone that does not have a, a skin in the game, um, especially for teenagers and young adults, and um, makes uh, allows them to be more honest than how they would be with with a parent or a family, or and not saying that is important. I mean, obviously, support is good, but having that person that is just there for, for them. Yeah. Um, Sorry. I, I just, your, your vulnerability and your open and honesty, I, I greatly appreciate Daniel. And that's probably why we became friends right away when we first started talking in some of the rooms on clubhouse. And, and I'm, and I know someone out there right now, the reason we do the show is there's probably a dad out there that's or a mom that's going through something like this and to hear the end, the, you know, the other side of it is never an end, but the other side of the cycle um, as a parent is probably hopefully uh, comforting for them.
2: You know, I, and if there's one thing that I've learned that I wish I had been like through it while raising my kids is just to be, and guys really don't follow this mold because we're masculine and, and we're tough, is being vulnerable with your kids. And I didn't really start to express that vulnerability until after I got divorced, but it's, it's kind of bonded the relationship that I have with them because they're seeing the real dad, the real dad. And so I wish more dads would do that. Um, They should do it. You know, if they haven't, they should do it if they're going through a storm, like a divorce, because it's going to really kind of solidify that bond and maybe make that healing process a little bit faster because then the kids know how dad feels. And a lot of the hurt and pain is because they don't know why, not that we got into all the specifics about why we did it. I mean, they saw a why, but just hearing dad express his emotions, I think, is a big deal.
0: Mm. Man, that's that's great. Can I ask both of you guys a questions? Because you guys have daughters. I, I only have a son. Um and no, it, it, she will it, not date your son. You're too far away <laughs> and you're
1: too young, so stop.
0: He he is 10. He is a he is a boy, he is an innocent boy. Um, it's it is about dating, actually because you guys, you have daughters, right? At at what age, just curious, and I think other dads might be sometimes wondering and and parents wondering at what age were you guys having these open conversations about dating? Like what was the ground rules? Was it an open conversation? Was it kind of like a by mistake as it happens? How did you navigate that Daniel and Sean? Again, I know you have a teenage daughter as well, so feel free to chime in. Uh,
2: For me, it was a little bit as you go. Um, You know, they had, my their mom was probably a lot more direct with them about, hey, you need to be careful about this, this and this. Um, and I would kind of chime in as needed. Um, you know, honestly, where I've found opportunities to connect with them is after they've gone through an experience, maybe it was negative. Not then to go in, for example, uh, this wasn't negative, but it was a really good it was a good life lesson is uh, my middle child had dated someone for the better part of two years. And she kind of had her whole life mapped out with this guy. We're going to get married the summer after we graduate. Uh, We're going to have five kids. I'm going to be a nurse. He's, he better make some money. You know, it's kind of like that. (laughs) And he's a great kid. Like if there was anybody that I'd want to marry one of my daughters, it's this guy. Well, so they went to school. Uh, This is their second semester. So the first semester, she kind of had this, Um, She kind of went through this discovery process where she's like, you know what, I feel like I'm just going through the motions with this guy I don't know if I really have this physical connection or intimacy or attraction to him. And they ended up breaking up and it created an opportunity for me to talk to her about it and say uh, we talked about just being comfortable being single. Don't map out the whole your whole path ahead of you. Just kind of mm-hmm. go as life takes you, and I think that she discovered that. As a matter of fact, funny thing. So about three months ago, she texted. She sent me a Snapchat video that she had made. You got to be on Snapchat if you're going to be a dad of teenage girls. And it was it was. Uh, I'm going. I'm going on a date with myself. And she shared this to all her friends. And it had her going to the coffee shop, and then she went. You know to the store and then she went to sonic and had all these things that she was doing by herself and i was i was so proud of her because i was wow. like okay she's embracing just being single so look like, for me and shauna may be different for you but for me it was i probably chimed in more after certain life events occurred not only dating nelson but drinking too consequences of drinking you know that type of stuff you have to kind of navigate through as well
1: yeah, I, I agree. I mean, it's it's as much as we try, and as as parents in general don't want to expose our our kids to certain hardships of growing up, and and the challenges and the struggles of making decisions as as they get presented with things. It I found it to be the easiest way to teach and have the conversation is like you said, Daniel's is sometimes it's unfortunately it's after whatever may have happened and to have the the chance to be vulnerable and open as to, so here's what I saw. How do you feel? Right. How did you see it? And it, at times those conversations are very hard there. It's hard for me. Um, I won't bring up the situation, but it's hard for me not to um, go, cool. I'll have all of my Jeep buddies roll out and we'll go take care of this right away. It's, <laughs> because you know, if if she's able to learn, and this goes for my son, my son too, if they're able to learn some of these lessons while still being shielded at at their age, and the, mm. the lessons and/or the consequences are smaller, and I'm still here, and it's still acceptable for me to help if need be, help them get up, help them learn, um, and course correct at that point then that's a better way for me, I feel to to parent and lead than don't do this when I know you're probably going to do it anyway. Um, I mean, yeah. I remember being that age. And and instead of going, so how'd you feel after that? How did that make you feel? What's your experience? What do you think? And, and letting them know you're not going to judge what they do or what they tell you um, creates a, a stronger bond so should that unfortunate time happen when they call in the middle of the night and they need you right away they know your first reaction isn't going to be i'm disappointed
0: right but it's
1: rather where are you where are you i'm on my way i'll be right there and that's what has been the greatest um the greatest way for myself and what i've learned through therapy and as parenting teenage kids in the day of COVID and social media and accessibility to drugs and alcohol are more than what it was when I was, when I was their age, it's, I'm not a friend. I'm still your parent and correct mm-hmm. me if I'm wrong, Daniel, but it's, it's a, pl- coming from a place of understanding and to know your hold space and, and empathy with what they may be going through.
2: And yeah, and it's known when to have the conversation. You're not going to do it when the pain is like real raw, you know, mm-hmm. you, you know, um i used to always impress on my kids and i say it explicitly that there are consequences to actions and my kids have been through um you know i won't go into the details of some of the stuff the trials that they've gone through but they've all had severe consequences for certain things bad decisions that they made um and i think that's important um to reflect on them as dad and mom are always going to just cover you up and you know, hide what you did from everyone else. And, you know, there's going to be consequences to the decisions that you make, whether it's positive or negative. And one, you know, a great example that, um, of something, it wasn't a negative, uh, it was a decision that my oldest made was to get out of sports uh, when she was 17. And she's like, I'm so tired of doing, she was doing cheerleading at the time. I'm so tired of it. And she had actually had surgery on her foot. And her mom said, uh, we understand that, but." you know, athletics in many cases is like a full-time job, you know, in college outside of your schoolwork. So you're going to have to fill that up. So you need to get a job. And uh, I, I didn't have to get a job when I was in high school. Um, I was blessed to where my parents didn't make me do that. Mm -hmm. Um, In hindsight now I wish that I would have. And so she called her bluff. She tried to call her bluff, ran out of gas and called us and said, I'm out of gas and said, we're like, I guess you're going to have to leave the car there. Do you have any money for gas? Wow. And sure enough, you know, the next day she had to walk to school. Um, We said, we're not taking it because the school was literally three blocks away.
0: Oh, well.
2: And so, but she was too embarrassed to walk down the street and have everybody see her walking to school. So she got a job and the other two followed suit, but they saw that this was just, this wasn't necessarily a negative consequence. This was just, I'm going to make a decision. Mm-hmm. And we're like, okay, we, your time needs to be filled because if you have the empty time, you're going to start doing bad things. You know, what is it? The idle time is the devil's playground. Mm-hmm. used to say that all the time. And it's so true, right? For everybody, regardless of what age you are. <laughs> and so we made them work, and it's the best thing that we've ever done. Uh, it was their mom's decision. So I'm giving her 100% credit. And once one, I bought into the oldest one doing it, I was like, all of them are working, for God's sakes. Wow. And, you know, they were the only kids in their high school, there at a private high school that worked. They'd mm. leave school and go work. Good for them. And they know the value of money. They know the value of uh, dealing with, mm. I'm kind of going off course, but they, they know the value of uh, dealing with a manager that may be difficult, of mm. sticking through a job when they don't like it of working during hours that they don't want to. And so it was all based on their decision. They could have stayed in athletics and, they, and we would have been fine, you don't need to work, but because they made the decision, they had a consequence to that. So that's something that we tried to impart on them, whether they, they had a bad event or just a decision in general.
0: I like that, that's, that's pretty cool. You know, the fact that you called her bluff made her go through with it. I'm sure it could have been a bit uncomfortable for everyone during that day or two days event, but absolutely right. It, it definitely teaches them values that are almost irreplaceable. Um, as we come towards the towards the kind of tail laddering end of the what we're trying to do here, I do have a I guess one question. At seventeen, what kind of advice would you have given yourself <sighs> when you were in high school, kind of going into college? What's or if you didn't go college or, or whatever oh, yeah. what, what would be some advice you'd tell yourself now knowing what you know, going through a divorce, having teenage daughters?
2: Man, I wish that I would have taken life a little bit more seriously, but that's really hard to impart upon a 17 year old because you're just kind of like, for me, it was like this big fog from 17 to 22 till I got into the real world. Um, probably taking life a little bit more seriously, being a little bit more intentional going into college recognizing that that's truly a gift from your, mm. from your parents who paid for mine and, you know, really tried to discover what my passion was. I mean, my passion is sales and I love connecting people. And that's why this divorce community I'm so passionate about it. Cause I'm connecting people and I do it in my job. And I think that I had that passion at 17, but I didn't know how to discover it or what it meant. And I think, mm um, going through whatever tools or, you know, there's lots of things that can kind of help guide you in in your path to where you can figure out what you're passionate about and then being more intentional in in college. I did not do well in college. I had more fun than I did study. And I regret that. I think a lot of us do. Right. I mean, I almost figure, wish I had gone into the military and had a little bit of my butt kicked, you know?
0: Mm. Um,
2: I think I would have probably had been more proud about that period of time if I had. Mm -hmm. Uh, But just being more intentional, you know, let's get serious about life. Yeah, you're going to be social and you're going to have friends and that's all stuff is important. It's the best time of your life because you're single. Um, But let's get a little bit serious and carve off a little bit of time to really focus on what you want in your life, at least at that stage, knowing it's going to change and pursuing that maybe with a passion.
1: Hmm. I liked your answer. That was really good.
2: I don't know yeah. if I would follow that advice. But right. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> I if I could listen to it either at that age. I'd be like whatever. <laughs> I wish it's... my dad would have just sat down in a loving way or my mom and said, "Hey, is this? Let's talk about this. You know, you want to go out of you want to go out of state. It's twice as expensive. Why do you want to do that?" Mm-hmm. I don't think I could have answered that question. You know okay. what the answer was? Well, I think I look cool if I do. That was the real <laughs> answer it wasn't that school's great for these reasons. It was just, I look a lot cooler. So it's really just kind of sitting down and, and with my kids, I don't feel like I've done that to them, but I feel like they're, I look back at my, I look at my kids and I'm like, you're like 10 years ahead of me from a maturity standpoint. Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't know what I did differently, but I mean, my 18 year old is so far ahead of where I was at 18. I was a shit show and she's like got her (laughs) shit together and knows what she wants to do. And (laughs) And you know, so I think that well, may be boys versus girls too, a little bit, you know.
0: Well, I was gonna say you're amongst fellow shit showers. So
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I can relate.
2: We're a brotherhood, aren't we? You know? Oh
1: yeah, yeah. Well, I'll get a tattoo after. We'll meet up in Tulsa since it's in the middle of Denver and or Colorado and Jersey. We can so, do that. That works, that works. Uh so on the opposite end of the spectrum, I have a question for you. I yeah. like to ask every guest. And as you've started this new divorced over forty group, and and your daughters are, you know, in college, going into college, getting out of college, um, what would you like um, for Daniel's legacy to be?
2: Um, I would want my legacy to be. It's changed. I think that. I want my kids to know that I'm always going to be there for them. You know, I was thinking. So last year, just to be really raw, um, I ran into some financial issues with um, just going through my divorce, and I had I had to move in with my mom. My dad had just died, and um, I was like, I I got to move in with. I asked my mom to move in. She was, of course, she was more than well, well welcome to allow me to do that. And you know, that's a big pride buster. I'm a, I'm like, I'm like that 40 year old that lives with their parent, their parents. It ended up being an absolute blessing because my mom needed me as she went through her uh, mourning process with her husband and I needed her. And, um, I think about, you know, she was available for me. And I think about, you know, if my, if my daughter was 45 and had ran into some issues, I wouldn't think twice about, saying, come live with me. Mm-hmm. So I think just always being available. If you need me to be there, I'm there. If you need mm-hmm. to be here, I'm your, come on. Um, I think that I definitely want to leave a legacy. If you went in more into my divorce, my ex was a stay at home mom for 22 years. And I was a big believer that because she sacrificed her career, it enabled me to have mine. And that I needed to take care of her um, after our divorce. I needed to make sure that she was comfortable. Mm -hmm. Not that she couldn't go, you know, she's now, you know, advancing her career and she's killing it. But my legacy to my kids was that their dad took care of their mom. That was important to me. That it wasn't about me trying to figure out the best deal that I could get uh, financially, but to make sure that I met all of her needs. She's been very open with my kids to tell them what I did above and beyond. And I've heard that from my kids. And I remember taking them on a vacation. I think it was last summer. We drove like 17 hours to Florida or whatever. And they brought that up. They said, dad, thank you so much for taking care of mom. So I'm like, when you hear stuff like that, you're like, man, I did that right. So those are probably the two things, just being available, but then knowing that, um I broke up in a graceful and respectful and loving way to a, a person that they love just as much as they love me. Mm-hmm. So, awesome. Thank you. Me Thank on you perfect. I mean, they still hate dad, but on occasion. <laughs> but uh Ugh. you know, I stumble and fall just like everybody else. But um that stuff has been important to me. Not about perception from anybody else, but for my kids.
0: Yeah. That's wonderful.
1: Yeah, that's pretty, pretty awesome. So I have I have a funny question to ask you. And then Nelson will, of course, ask his. That is always shocking to everyone that listens to any episode. Um, do you have a dad joke or a dad <laughs> story to, to share today?
2: Um, you know, I, I've never been a joke guy and I, um, but I have a funny story. It's kind of happened lately because I've all of their friends follow me on Instagram and so they're like how's the divorced dad because that's how i brand myself so they all ask ask you know their, my daughters how's divorced dad and uh which i think is comical but i went to my middle child had a performance in college i drove over there and watched it she's in a sorority and she said hey do you want to come back we're all everybody that's in the skit is like a greek skit uh where it was a sorority and a fraternity and they did like a musical Uh, Hey, we're going back to our house. You want to come and just, you know, we can say goodbye before you drive back home. And so I did. And um, everybody said, Oh, it's divorced dad. They all wanted photos. I was like a photo op. So we got this big group picture of all these people and they all put it on their Instagram. I was like, Oh my God, you're a celebrity, (laughs) man. Look at that. So I think that, you know, I'm, I'm definitely goofy around them. And I, I feel like I'm playful as a kid and that, you know, in their early teenage years, that was super, super annoying. It was like, Dad, get out of the way. But I think now they love it because their friends love it. So um, that's kind of my personality. Oh, that, That's
0: wonderful, though. <laughs> that's wonderful. I love it. Come on, uh, Nelson. Bring it on. Let's go. You know, go. I, I typically, Daniel, I ask a would you rather question. I don't know where I come up with this all the time. Sometimes I look up questions online that are interesting. My son loves doing would you rather questions throughout the day or in the car when we're driving. So this one's actually fitting to your situation. Um, so you, okay. you have Start to answer, honestly, on. you have to give a reason why you're picking one of the answers and you got to pick one or the other. Um, okay. So, so Daniel, would you rather find true love today or win the lottery next year? Sean, you can answer after. Um <sighs> Find true love today or win the lottery next year. And when we say lottery, we're going to go with, I mean, hundreds of millions. I mean, you know, financially set forever lottery situation or find true love today. After this podcast recording, you go out to the supermarket and you run into the woman of your dreams that will bring you happiness, joy and love forever.
2: So this is assuming I'm single too, right? Assuming
0: you're single. <laughs> yeah, let's put, some, right. let's put some additional things in Because if,
2: if somebody listens to this and I answer it a certain way, I may be single after that. Yeah, if, I, I agree. If, if I were single, I would, I mean, hell yeah, I'd win the, want the lottery money next year. True love can happen years down the road. I want the money. <laughs> okay. You know, but but here's what I'll say to answer that. Why? Um, because I, and it's a, my whole perspective changed after my divorce and, okay. um, it went from keeping up with the Joneses and buying the big house and having the cars mm. to now I'm driven in my career to have experiences. Mm. I'm all about this next chapter of my life. I want experiences. I want to fly my kids down to the Florida Keys for a week. You know, mm. when they're in their thirties, I want to, travel the world. So that money would go a long way and being able to accomplish that dream in my next chapter. So the true love will happen. If I were single, it will happen eventually, but I'm all about the money.
0: Nicely done. Nicely done. Sean, I know you're probably stressed out right now trying to figure out how to answer this <laughs> without ruining what you have going on in your life. Now, this
2: is assuming you're single, Sean.
0: So you, get, you know, Assuming you're single. Okay. Would you rather um, find true love today or win the lottery next year, Sean? I'm gonna make it a little bit more awkward for you. Thank you. Let's just mess with Sean a bit. Sean, it's not just find true love. Is meet the person you're with right now today, or would you rather pass that up and win the lottery? Wow! Um, wow! Mess up everything for Sean right now. Yeah, he's good at doing that.
1: Uh, I would say find. I would say find true love because. Wow. <laughs> um i can i can make money i can make my own success and Mm -hmm. you know i can make those kind of things happen um to be a multi -multi multi-millionaire i don't think that's ever you know should it ever happen you can tell me i said no thanks but i don't feel that that's something that is on what would fill fill my heart as i've learned about who i am and uh the last couple of years in my personality and the type of person I want to be but but to find someone to share to share my life to share experiences to to have those moments of um of time and of joy and of heartache and as time for being there for each other i would say find true love um yeah the rest nice i can time.
2: create i hope i don't get in trouble on that answer <laughs> <laughs> I, may, I may not share this podcast interview with with uh
0: my plus one right now. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> we, lost we, lost another,
1: yeah, we lost another sponsor. Yeah, we lost
0: another spot. There goes divorce over forty. He's not going to sponsor our podcast. <laughs> <Exactly. God. laughs> what is wrong with me?
2: Exactly.
0: No, you 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 answered the question as a single person. Obviously, you're. Yeah, he he changed it up place. on me. So um, so Nelson, what? go ahead. Why don't you hey, answer let's the turn question? the
1: tide here?
0: What? Yeah. Why don't you, Look, This, this you? it's an easy one. Would you rather find true love today or win the lottery? I mean, I'll kick her out right now. If I knew I was going to get a couple hundred million, no, I'm kidding. Oh. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Wow. Don't edit it, Sean, to make it sound like that was an accurate answer. Um, you know, I, honestly, I, I mean, I've never had millions of dollars to know what that experience is like. Um, but, but, if I'm sad and lonely, I would think as a wealthy person, I'm still sad and lonely. so yes. I, I would I would go for the for the true love today and and take my chances at financial wealth. but but again, I don't know. if, if there's a lottery ticket in front of me and the prerequisite is get rid of your wife and there's a couple hundred million, I, I might be might be wow. What was that? What was the question again? <laughs> I, I I'm what
2: no, I think you answered it correctly. Oh wait, find oh. true
0: love. oh, wait, <laughs> no
2: yeah, that's I mean, that's a hard question. That would it, be an it, interesting it, one to serve up to a lot of people and see what they'd say. okay. okay I mean, you can, I guess you this can is...
1: use this in your group, Daniel. if you want to use this as an interest exam.
2: I am going to uh, use that. You know, so yeah,
0: it, look, I, I like to ask those. My my son, they're easier questions, clearly with him. But it just kind of sparks these these things in your mind that sometimes there is no right answer at the moment. But but they're fun to play with. I, your answer was 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 great. Uh, again, to some extent, when it comes to money, if you'd ever had a, an abundance of it, you kind of just like, I want to know what that feels like. Like you said, to be able to just take a trip randomly to anywhere in the world. Right, right. Um, it, it is a very alluring thing. So, so, uh, Daniel, you've been, you've been a wonderful, a wonderful guest, the, the discussion about going through your experiences, uh, as a husband, then as a divorced dad, a dad to three, uh, young adults all in college at the same time has been just a breath of fresh, fresh air. Your perspective is, is, is so good. I'm sure dads are going to listen to this and, and moms and dad's parents and, and get some clarity on some wonderful things you're doing that maybe they should try.
2: Well, I appreciate it. And you know what, when you just said, every time you say someone says, Oh, you have three kids in college, I start to get anxiety thinking about paying for it. That's why I want the lottery money right there. (laughs) You know, no, I think what you guys are doing is great because, um, being vulnerable is so I've just found it so powerful as a man and we miss it, man, we miss it in our dating life too. You think how think how attractive you'd be if you were vulnerable as a man, because it's so rare. But even you know, I just I, I keep saying to a lot of people, vulnerability opens doors, and it really does. And the messages that you're sending through your podcast and the interviews are just going to influence other men to be vulnerable. And I think it's just a powerful thing. So thanks for having me on.
1: Uh, you're welcome, and I mean, we really appreciate your time, and that's part of why we're doing this, and and to show that different side of of being a dad and being a man, and. And it's um, it's something I learned and and that's the reason why um, I'm with the the woman I'm with is is my ability to be vulnerable. And I've sat in my shit and done my work and continue to work on it and setting it on fire and blowing up the ashes and all that kind of stuff um, along with it. But, Daniel, thank you again uh, very much for your time today. And what is uh, the best way if people want to reach out and connect with you for them to find you?
2: Well, I love to write. Uh, I enjoy blogging. I kind of do like a micro blog on my Instagram account and on divorced over forties. So you can either go to divorced over 40, which is at divorced over four zero and you'll find how to get to me. I do a little bit of writing outside of the Divorced page, but, um, I'd start there and then I'll get you everywhere else. Um, but yeah, I'd love to have you. And if there's anybody that's in that boat, that's in their forties, fifties or sixties, that's divorced and really wants to focus on, you know, community and friendships, we'd welcome you. Come check us out.
1: Awesome. We'll make sure we get that shared out there. And, you know, thanks again um, for having you on today. And thank you, Nelson, for that wonderful question that we'll be talking about long after the recording's over.
0: (laughs) Uh, Daniel, you're awesome, dude. Uh, Like, I, I try to give everyone the same insight. If something happens, uh, over the next couple of weeks, months, like something profound in your life, where you're like, you know what, I want to share this with other dads or the parents. Reach out to us. We'll come. We can do even something short, a five or ten minute kind of just follow up with Daniel. Uh, I think it's nice when people get to follow someone's full journey. Especially again, you have you have three daughters in college. I'm sure there's stuff that's going to happen where you go, man. Every parent's going through this. I, I oh, definitely yeah. should share it. Or in your in your venture with divorce over forty, if something happens, where you are just like, my goodness, this is. This needs to be shared with a lot of people. Feel free to to reach out to us. We'll make time for you uh, and your, your wisdom. I appreciate the invite.
1: Always is out there. And thank you to Daniel. Thank you to my co-host, Nelson. You bald, beautiful man. And thank you to everyone listening uh, today. Please subscribe. Please follow Daniel. And let us know if there's a dad you'd like to have on the podcast that we have not had yet. And we'll see you all next time.